All right, look at that. It's Carcon Carney. We are live in Park Ridge at City Barbecue, the brand new City Barbecue on Northwest Highway. Jason Narducci, accomplished musician. We'll get through all of his, uh, your LinkedIn profile, I guess, uh, shortly. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. It's Carcon Carney. Let's eat in the car. It's Carcon Carney. All right, so Carcon Carde is presented by CNH Financial Services. Business owners, are you tired of your hard-earned profits going toward paying expensive expensive fees every time your customer pays with a credit or debit card? Why? Why? Well, we're happy to announce that our partners at CNH Financial Services have the solution, Jason yes, Narducci. CNH. CNH is the fastest-growing financial services company in Illinois, the fastest-growing, uh, and it's as, as recognized by Inc. Magazine. So that's that's what happens when I go off script. Um, their patented technology allows you to eliminate 100% of the fees associated with accepting credit and debit cards as a form of payment. That's right, Jason Narducci of Split Single, of Bob Mold, of Super Chunk. 100% of the fees. 100%. That's what I'm saying. Or 100 if you're local. <laughs> CNH will also <laughs> CNH will also upgrade your business to the industry's leading point of sale system to streamline every aspect of your business for no cost. No cost. Visit www.freeprocessingnow.com or call 855-600-2437, extension 999, and start saving money today. That right there is Jason Narducci. You may know him from any number of things. You may know him from Split Single. You may know him as the bass guitarist for Bob Mould's band. You may know him from Super Chunk. You may know him from playing with Robert Pollard. You may know him from just being a music industry gadfly. Thank you for joining me. I am thrilled to be here. Can I tell you this car reminds me of my grandmother's car. Why is that? I don't mean that as an insult. She was actually very well-respected and renowned drug dealer in Chicago. <laughs> and this was the type of car that she would do her deals. And she, I mean, she had everything, painkillers, Oxycontin, heroin. Um, <laughs> almost identical car. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm only selling weed out of this. Well, you can build up to to a higher level thing, but um, um, so so when are we starting the? Uh, oh no, no, it's going on. It, it, this is a real thing. This is happening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, show them what you got. You got. We got the motor load. So I want to thank our friends at City Barbecue. There are many family members that are going to be upset with me right now. Well, they've they've heard worse out of your mouth. And a lot of the rival families. <laughs> Nothing but trouble in Park Ridge. Did can, I say, can we show the my, mother? It wasn't my grandmother. Can we show the mother loads? So we're at City Barbecue. I want to thank City Barbecue in Park thank Ridge. Thank you, City Barbecue in Park Ridge. On Northwest Highway, just north of Tui Avenue. Uh, you can see they've got the giant, like, almost industrial-sized smokers right on the side of the building when you walk up to the to the door. Uh, we got the mother load, which includes everything. We've got hush puppies. We've got ribs. We've got a quarter chicken in there. We've got pulled pork. You've already had the pulled pork, haven't you? I've had it all. Um, uh-huh. We should get some more for you. I, I haven't had, had any food yet, but oh. I want to catch up. I can't remember. Was the last time I talked to you when I was on WGN? Has it been that long? That could be. What year would that have been? God, maybe 2013, 2014. I don't even remember the con- It must have been a split single interview. Probably. But it, it's been a while. I bet it was incredible. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. 
That's why WG, I'm no longer on WGN. Do you remember the first time we met? I do, but I'm sure you don't. I'm guessing it was a Q101 local thing. It was a Q101 local thing. Now, see, there's no way you would remember this. I was an intern on what was then called the Local Music Showcase on Q101, and you came on with your band on. Yeah. And I was an intern, and I remember you performing. I remember you leaving a cassette behind, and that's when we first met. There's no way you'd remember me because no one ever remembers the interns. But that was our first... Was it Carla Leonardo? Yeah. Carla Leonardo. Uh-huh. So this was pre... R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so this was pre-Jason and Allison. Wow. Oh, so that was my band on? Yeah. Was Zach Canner and Eddie Carlson. Yes. Wow. So, so that's that when we first 90... met. It's probably 94, 93, 94. No, that band broke up in 92. No. 93. No way. Yeah, it was 93. Yeah, it broke up in 93. So that's that was our first encounter. Wow. I love it. And then, well, of this course, is great. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. You don't want to talk about any of that. <laughs> there is no past. There's only the future. 93. I must have been 10. That's <laughs> well, let's, let's jump around a little bit. All right, first of all, the last time I actually saw you, but you didn't see me, uh, was at Riot Fest. This is a hush puppy, by the way. Thank you, City Barbecue and Park Ridge. Uh, nice job. The Bob Mold Band performing at Riot Fest. It was so much fun. You know what was special about that day for me? Hmm. My son, who's just turned 15 likes the rock music and um that that sunday that we were playing was a killer lineup Mm -hmm. and i saw that at one o'clock nick lowe was playing right so i brought my son at at noon to riot fest we put our stuff in the bob mold dressing room no one was there yet Mm -hmm. by 12 30 we're starting to walk towards the nick lowe stage please dive in i I will and um we walk past thank you city barbecue we walked past uh, Guided by Voices dressing room, and I, I said, hold on, Sean. My son's <laughs> name is Sean. I knock on the door. The door opens. They're all in there. It's 1230. What are they doing? Guided by Voices. Drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I introduced them to Sean and, you know, hugs and catch up with those guys, and then Bob Pollard says, well, we're heading over to see Nick Lowe. I nice. Said, I said we are too. So we all walked over and watched Nick Lowe. It was great. And then after, like two hours later, I walk out of our dressing room, and it's just N- Nick Lowe walking towards me. And I put my hand out and I said, "Mr. Lowe, thank you for coming to Chicago. That was an amazing set. You'd never met him before. No. And I said, uh, "Can I tell you the first time I saw you play?" And he said, "Yeah." I said it was February thirteenth, nineteen eighty-two, the Rosemont Horizon opening up for the Cars. Stop it. You remember the date? Well, I looked that up later. Okay. <laughs> I did remember it was 82. Okay. And he he goes, those were the days. <laughs> and he was there with uh, low straight jackets. Yeah, they were great. So cool. And I did. there was two of them with him, actually, and I didn't recognize them because they didn't have their masks on, <laughs> which I pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, sadly, five hours after that little conversation, it was announced that Rick Ocasek had passed mm-hmm. away. Very sad. But it did make me go back to those first three Cars records, which I love so much. The second the, one, Candio, being my favorite. Was that the second one? Uh-huh. No. The Cars, Candio, Panorama. I thought Panorama became, came Third. before Candio. Third. I do love Panorama. The title track. It's a weird one. The title track's like a Cure song that never happened. Yeah. Yeah. They were going super new, new wave on that one. The lyrics are pretty bad on Panorama. Yeah. Like, I love that record. I love because Touch and of, Go. Touch and Go's great. Oh, my God. Don't Tell Me No. Oh, my God. That's such yeah. a great song. But then the songs on side two that I really liked, I listen now and I'm like, they needed to... Of course, who? what am I talking about? Those guys, 
you think about the Cars, Van Halen, all those bands in the late 70s, they would crank out a record a year, a year right. while touring the world. Mm-hmm. It, that's insane. It's insane. But that's also why their records are 28 minutes long. <laughs> I was about to say, like, those Van Halen albums barely cracked a half hour. Yeah. I think Diver Down is 22 minutes. <laughs> exactly. So watching you with the Bob Mold Band, you've been with Bob for a long time now. You're on his albums. I remember... We're of similar ages. I mean, this we're is both incredible. By the way, right? I'll have some. Yeah. Uh, we're we're both you know thirty. Mm-hmm. I remember nineteen eighty nine, the workbook album. Yeah. For me, on a personal level, that was such a, a watershed album. Yeah. I know it was for you too. Mm-hmm. What's it like? I know you've worked with Bob forever. He's produ- he produced you with Verbo, uh, but what's it like being able to play those songs on stage with Bob? It's insane. That record meant so much to me that when that band that we were talking about before on that I had in mm-hmm. 1993 when they broke up I booked two shows one at the Beat Kitchen and one at Morrisland which doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore where I would play Workbook all the way through Sunspots and Wishing Well I learned it all wow open tunings fourth fret capo <clears throat> everything I was a little obsessed yeah a little bit yeah and I think you know it's healthy to Love the music of the band you're in. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. I will say, Bob Mould is not aging gracefully. He is, he's going to rage to his grave. <laughs> he does it well. <laughs> he does. I mean, he is just... I mean, he still rocks the fuck out. You and know he, another funny story about that Riot Fest show? Hmm. We don't practice. Stop it. No, we don't. And so, Bob... Wait, you're just saying that. I'm not. Every, every band practices. Uh, let's see. I can probably tell you how many times we've practiced. John joined the group in 2000. Eight. So that's eleven years. We've practiced six times, and every time we practice, we get four songs in. And Bob goes, "Why are we doing this?" And I go, "We don't. <laughs> we don't do this." Even like the newer stuff, when you do new albums, don't you want to? We just get in the studio and start playing. Wow, that's rock and roll. But one of the funny things about, and I think part of that is because John and I grew up on his music, so mm-hmm. it's like a language that we uh-huh. studied since we were kids. Going for a rib. Thank you, CD Barbecue. So good. This is so good. The the brisket is, the the bark on the outside. Yeah. It's so delicious. All right, sorry, go ahead. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, So John Worcester, our drummer, Bob's drummer, is also in the Mountain Goats, and they Mm -hmm. were on tour. And so John was texting with me and Bob saying, hey, do we have a set list for a while, for weeks? And Bob was like, "Uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'll come up with something. (laughs) And he didn't until Sunday morning. The morning of the show. Now, that's high pressure for you. Well, I mean... Well, if he pulls out... Like, if he decides, I want to play this deep cut off Zen Arcade... He rarely does that. Okay. And if he does it, he just does it on stage, so we're fucked anyways. Can I swear? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So he gets the set list on Sunday morning to us, and then we finally are all in the dressing room, and we just wrote it out and kind of walked through it, talking Mm -hmm. through... And we did change some of the arrangements and, and stuff. But the first song on the set list was a song called The War, which is from one of his more recent records called uh, Beauty and Ruin, which we mm-hmm. recorded here in Chicago. And we get up on stage, crowd greets us, and Bob starts a song that's not on the set list. <laughs> and John and I are just doubled over laughing because we're like, what? He's just flat out fucking with me. <laughs> Actually, Bob, Bob saw the look in our eyes and then he like shot down at the set list and noticed it and just goes, roll with it (laughs) 
And then we finished that song, and I, you know, I, was, I just looked at Bob. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing now. So, and he goes, your choice. So I started a good idea by Sugar, which is such a great song. Such a great song. Oh my god! And the only song I start. So, <laughs> if it's going to be my choice, that's what we're going mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to thank City Barbecue. These ribs are Everything. so flavorful. The turkey. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. And we can like, it's okay if I, I put my fork where your fork's men. We're sharing, right? We is, that, go, is that a euphemism? <laughs> we go way back. Like we can share this tin, right? Even though it's on your lap. We are very. Our friendship is at tin shareable level. That's serious. Yeah. So, since last we spoke, I mean, I, I've interviewed you a bunch of times through the years, uh, mostly during the Verbo days. But since last we spoke, the mythology of Verboten has grown to something epic. Well, I don't like, know about ba- that. Ba- well, I don't know. Back in the day, I don't think I ever even mentioned Verboten. Right. Yeah. But now it's like what people lead with. So, help me out. I, I, watching the past couple of Foo Fighters shows at Wrigley Field, Dave Grohl comes out. He talks about how going to Naked Ray on a Cubby Bear changed his life. Yeah. I mean, this is the same speech... Every time he's on stage, he said it on Sonic Highways. That was a show that Verboten, you as a prepubescent kid, opened up for? No, but Tracy, our singer, took him. Okay. So the, this, the full story is, um, at age 10, I got my first guitar, and I lived in Evanston. My dad lived in Evanston. My, my mom lived on the south side. And I met some local kids in mm-hmm. Evanston that were musicians, and we formed a band. We called it Verboten, and it just so happened that our singer Tracy is cousins with Dave Grohl. Got it. Now, in 1983, Dave Grohl is 13 and I'm 11, (laughs) so it's just another kid that you meet. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal to any of us, you know? But Tracy loved punk rock. We all love punk rock, and so we sort of introduced Dave to punk rock. He had not been exposed to that style of music before. And that's it. But... Then he became one of the biggest rock stars in the world. Mm-hmm. And when he... I should back up a little bit. In 2009, a guy in Chicago named Joe Lacerdo made a documentary about Chicago punk rock called You Weren't There. And he included Verboten and he mm-hmm. interviewed me. Dave Grohl saw that. So when Dave was making his Chicago episode of Sonic Highways, I think he thought, oh, mm-hmm. let me talk to Joe. And then he was already in touch with Tracy and I. And it was like, hey, will you do this interview? And can we use footage and all this stuff? So the Sonic Highways Chicago episode came out, and that's when I got approached by a guy named Brett Nevue, who's a playwright and a professor at Northwestern. Um, We had mutual friends, and he kind of went through friends and said, you know, can I take you out for a beer? I have this idea. And he said, "Uh, I'd like to write a play. And the answer to that is always yes. Uh, A beer, yes. Yeah. But the idea rarely is it yes. (laughs) Um, And... Uh, he said, I want to run a play about Verboten. And I said, well, that's a great idea. I have two ideas for you. <laughs> number one, uh, don't cast kids. <laughs> and number two, um, don't try to tell people what punk rock was like in 1983. Because every, Very reasonable every, request. T- every television commercial tries to do that, and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And the thing about kids isn't like a diss on kids. It's about being able to carry a play from an acting right. standpoint. There are kids now that could play circles around what we were doing back then. But Oh, for sure. As far as like acting, I just thought it would be better if it was 21-year-olds who looked like they're 15, and that's what they ended up doing. 
So five years later, and many different scripts, and, and, and they asked me to write the music. So I wrote the music to this verboten musical that's coming out January now, Are these 26th. songs that you played as a kid? No, I rewrote everything. Good, okay. We might use one original verboten song. Um, but it turns out 48-year-old Jason's a better songwriter than 11-year-old Jason. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. So it opens January 26th at Chopin Theater, a six-week run, and uh, I'm, I'm so excited. So you've been watching the rehearsals, you've been... I've been to some of the auditions. We started a process where the musical director and I meet with the cast to just learn songs mm -hmm. before the rehearsals start, and we're actually doing a rock show. The cast is doing a rock show. I'm going to play some songs with Good. them. Good. At Space on December 9th, which is just us kind of like learning the songs and playing them out on a Monday night. And, um, and then they start the rehearsals for you know December and January. I, I like how you do keep everything kind of centralized to Evanston. It's kind of a stretch that you're in Park Ridge tonight. This was a straight shot on, Oak on Oakton. <laughs> but you're at, uh, were you playing on the 8th or is it the 9th? December 9th at Space. But the you're also, wait, you're doing a solo gig in Evanston, right? Yeah, November 9th at the Wine Goddess. There, okay. Yeah. You got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. And it, it all happens in Evanston. Well... Those two, the play... You'll be on the Purple Line platform in January. <laughs> the play is in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Is, is it weird to kind of go back and think about the stuff you did as a, as a tiny kid? It, yeah. And it's also weird. I mean, the play is... The way that Brett did it, and I'm glad he did this, was he created fictitious characters based on real events. So there's a Jason character, there's a Zach character, there's a Chris character, there's a Tracy character. But all the other family members are like very loose interpretations mm -hmm. of and the the idea is to capture the spirit of the band but also make it a good piece of entertainment yeah. <laughs> you know so um but some one of the more fascinating things about the process for me is when they started auditioning people the director would be giving them feedback in between you know their performances and I was learning about my childhood through that because for instance, they were auditioning actors for Tracy's parents, and the director was like, you know, I sense from the script that, you know, Tracy's adopted, Tracy's parents don't totally understand her, but they love her unconditionally, and that love allows her to be supportive to the other members in the band. And, and then that was just like feedback for them to do another version, and I'm just sitting there going, oh my God, I'm learning about this thing in my childhood. That's that totally surreal. Thought. Yeah, it's really, really wild. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. I do want to say uh, one more time. This food, I, I need to get my hands on that chicken. <laughs> Go for it. I, I don't even know how to approach it. I was cutting. I think you could cut. Um, right? Yeah, that, that seems to be the best course. I'll, yeah. while, did, you did you the, the, while you do that, I'm, I'm going to do the rib. Did you make the pulled pork disappear? No, it's all the way here in the corner. All right. I'm going to... I think I sacrificed my knife along the way. There's That's another right. one. Yes. The ribs are great, right? Amazing. This is all amazing. This whole area of uh, Park Ridge, totally different. Like, yeah. This whole stretch. I don't recognize it at all. Right. It's all like it new It looks retail. like a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hang on. I'm going to grab this chicken somehow. Mm-hmm. And just that smoky flavor is so fantastic. There we go. Chicken from City Barbecue. Yeah. And the great thing about doing this podcast, Jason, 
people will pull up in their cars, they'll see us talking on the microphone, they'll just look the other way. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's phased by anything we do. Mm-hmm. Where should I put... I'm going to put this little piece up here. Mm-hmm. It's something that I don't want to go back into the the food, mm-hmm. the food tray. You need to maintain the purity. Piece of bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hush puppy here. Uh, so, all right, where are we at? You're leaving to go on tour with Super Chunk again. Uh-huh. Where are things at with Split Single, which is basically your solo thing made manifest with band friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Split Single is a solo project with a band name. Um, it's been an amazing project for me because I get to write songs and play guitar and then ask friends to play on the records and at the shows. And this we're working on the third record. It's John Worstron drums. He plays with me and Bob Mould and Super mm-hmm. Junk. And Mike Mills from R.E.M. On Stop bass. it! Yeah. You want to hear about the time I met... Mike Mills for the first time? I, you're saying this as I'm going through an REM renaissance. Like mm-hmm. I, Well, they're doing all these great reissues. I, 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 yes, but... The Monster reissue just came out. Oh, I did know that. I, I'm going through this period where I am going back into every REM album. I, uh, Murmur, Reckoning, Document, Fables of the Reconstruction, Life's Rich Passion. Oh my God, Begin the Begin. Like, I'm just... My appreciation for what Mike Mills did is through the roof. And mm-hmm. the fact that you're playing with him, holy shit. I was obviously thrilled Mm -hmm. that he said yes for me R.E.M. and Cheap Trick are the two most important American rock bands I I keep waiting for the world to come back around on R.E.M. because you listen to those albums especially the stuff in the 1980s they did a lot of they they took a lot of artistic diversions through the 90s and certainly through the 21st early 21st century but those 80s albums are so essential Mm -hmm. alright sorry so Mike Mills 